Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture reading this morning is James, chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. This is the word of God for all God's people. Thanks Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, this morning we've gathered to hear your word read and proclaimed, to offer the utterances of our hearts, to sing your praises, to fellowship with each other, to give thanks and offer our gifts. But throughout this morning, O Lord, as we have been gathered here, we know that you are speaking to us. Open our ears that we would hear Open our hearts that we would know your love. Open our eyes that we might see you in our midst, but, O Lord, transform our souls so that as we leave this place today, that we would go forth not just hearing your word, but doing your word. In your Son's holy name we pray. Amen. So North Carolina native Randy Travis wrote a song a few years back called When Mama Prayed. And these are the words that the song began with. Daddy never went to church on a Sunday. He said, that's the one thing I'll never do. But Mama never gave up. She said, one day he'll be sitting here beside of me and you. I can still hear Mama softly talking with tears falling on her folded hands. So that Easter Sunday, Daddy walked in. That's when I began to understand. You see, when Mama prayed, good things happened. When Mama prayed, lives were changed. Not much more than five foot tall, but mountains big and small crumbled all away when Mama prayed. 
And so the song continues and it goes on and it tells the story of his life and how even as a teenager and then as an adult, when he may have gone astray on the path that both God and his parents wanted for him, that his mother prayed and that one day he said, I knew the devil didn't have a chance and I just gave up. Because not much more than five feet tall, but mountains big and small all crumbled away when mama prayed. See, I think that chorus preaches the truth not only for Randy and his life, but I think for so many of us that when we pray, no matter what mountains, whatever hills or valleys, whatever difficulties that we come in contact with, they don't stand a chance when we pray. The mountains will crumble, the valleys will be filled, and we will be lifted up because we turn to our God in heaven. In the early church, we find that life was really difficult. Not only was there persecution, you know, early Christians were sort of an outcast group. They weren't really accepted by the Roman authorities. They weren't really accepted by the Jewish authorities. They really were kind of parked out there as some sort of fringe crackpot group, if you will. So they had that to deal with. Then they had their own struggles within their community. They had been told time and again, prepare your hearts, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back. And they kept thinking that that was gonna be any day and every day they woke up thinking this was the day, the day that Jesus comes back only to be disappointed that it wasn't that day. So we read throughout the New Testament scriptures that many Christians are beginning to lose faith, lose hope that this was actually gonna happen, maybe even beginning to think that they sort of hitched their wagons to the wrong horse. They felt abandoned and lost, a little deceived. Their faith began to waver. And yet they were encouraged to pray time and again. And if that wasn't enough, just within the religious community, just with their own persecution, life was tough back in those early years. Back in the pre-100s, life was tough. There were struggles to find food, to find water, adequate shelter, there was disease and famine. And all of, through all of that, James encourages the early church to pray. He says, when in doubt, pray. We'll always take the opportunity to pray. Praise God for what you have. Pray for healing. Pray your prayers of confession and for forgiveness. Pray for changed hearts that others might join you and me on the pew. See, for James, he knew that prayer was powerful, that that was the conduit to God in which anything was possible. Prayer is what could raise you from the dead. Prayer had all of these opportunities. And you fast forward a few centuries and Martin Luther wrote these words, and I think these ring so true for us today. Prayer is a strong wall and the fortress of the church. Prayer is a strong wall and the fortress of the church. See, prayer is what binds us together. Prayer is how we talk with God. And prayer is the greatest gift that you and I can give. Prayer is what binds us together. It's how we talk with God and it is the greatest gift that we can give each other. Think about it with me for a moment. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, what do we say? We say, our Father in heaven. And a little bit later on, we say, give us this day our daily bread. And then yet further, we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
You see, when we pray that prayer, these are not just empty words. These are words that tie all of us together as a community. We pray our Father in heaven. We're talking directly to God. God in heaven hears our words. But not only that, but it also says that we are all children of the same God. We say, give us this day our daily bread. We're asking God to provide something for us. And what is it? But we're not asking God to give me more or to give you less. We're asking God to give us what we need this day, where we need it most. And so there's this equality where we're all bound together in the same sense of community. We're all children of the same God. And we have a God in heaven who loves us enough to send us what it is that we most need at this moment in time in this particular place in our lives. Nothing more, nothing less, but just what you and I need collectively as a community, but more importantly, individually. And then finally, this idea of forgiveness. When we say we forgive, we're not talking about that we're asking God to, we're asking God to forgive us as a body of people, as individuals, but also that we in this prayer are asking guidance and strength so that we can forgive each other. So in that moment in time, in the prayers that we pray, we are bound together, brothers and sisters, children of God in heaven. See, when we pray, we're talking about our relationship. I mean, there's a boldness to it if you think about it. I mean, the God that created the universe says, you can call me anytime, any place, and I'll pick up the phone. Now think about that. Try to think about it. Think about your favorite Fortune 500 company. Whichever one you buy the most products from or you love their stuff or their ads or whatever, try picking up the phone tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. and calling the head office and saying, I'd like to speak to the CEO. Maybe if you're their brother or sister, you might get through. Definitely if you're their mother. But try that. You're lucky if you get past the person that answers the phone to their manager. But see, with God, there's this boldness of relationship that says that we at any time in any place that we can pray, we can say God, and God picks up the phone and says, I'm right here. Now, there's power in that. But not only is that, we are talking about in this idea of being bound together in prayer, that there is an equality amongst us, that not only will God take our call, and God will take just my call, God will take your call, God will take anyone's call, but that we are to pray for each other. And then at that moment in time that no one or other of us is of any higher importance to God than any of the rest of us. I mean, think about it. So all of a sudden, prayer becomes how we relate to God, how we understand how God cares for us, that we realize that we are all children of God, that God will take that call, that in praying with God, that we understand that we are learning more about God and God's relationship and love for us any time that we get on our knees and we pray. Prayer is beginning, it's also how we live our faith, it's what we do. When we pray, we admit to the world and even to ourselves, but most definitely to God in heaven, I can't do this alone. I need you. So often we've been raised by the world to think that we can do it. We've got all the answers that we know what's best. But when we find ourselves in the sticky moments of life in the quicksands of the world, 
we realize we can't do it by ourselves, can we? No, it's in that moment in time that we realize that we do need our God in heaven that created us, that redeems us, that sustains us, that we need to pick up the phone, we need to pray and reach out and say, God, help me. If prayer is what binds us together, there's no magic words to prayer. There's no hocus pocus, no certain way that you pray that your call gets through. It's just a conversation, is it not? There's no magic way of doing it. It's just like talking to a friend because it's in that moment in time that we can be most real. We don't have to use $300 words or anything like that. We can just use the words that we would use with our best friend. God, I'm stuck. Help me out. God, I pray for so-and-so, they're having a bad day. We can just be ourselves in that moment in time because it's just a conversation that we're having with God who loves us. For years, we've taught in different forms of Christian ed, we've taught children and youth ways of praying to help them understand that it really has no form or structure, that you can really just talk to God. But we've used something called an acrostic where we've got letters that mean something. So the one that, that I've used most that I like is the one ACTS, A-C-T-S, where the A stands for adoration, that when we pray to God, we should praise God for the things in life, to praise God for what's happened, praise God for who we are, praise God for the world around us. And then start, and then maybe move next to the C, confession. We tell God sort of our shortfallings where we have not been our best selves and maybe even where we need forgiveness. Or we confess our fears, our hopes. We utter things to God that we may have told no one else because God is willing to listen. And then we give thanks. We use prayers of thanksgiving where we thank God for truly all of our blessings in life, our homes, our families, our clothes, our jobs, where we live, our church, opportunities to worship as we do. And then maybe we end with the S, supplication, which really is just a big word for asking God to intercede. Our petitions, the things that we're most concerned about, where we pray for God's help in our lives. Lord, I've got a big test coming up. Lord, let it be okay. Let me be patient and calm enough so that I can do well. Or Lord, I pray for my friend who's having a bad day. May their day get better. We pray that God intercedes in the turmoil of our world and brings peace where there's disharmony, brings patience where there's impatience. I mean, what would it look like when we have that conversation with God, if we spent time each and every day offering adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication? We offered all these petitions up to God and we just spent time focused on that conversation that we voiced them aloud for God to hear and we listened. But you see, when we begin this idea of an active prayer life, when it becomes more conversational, more every day like we have with our best friend or with our family members that we call on the phone time and time again, if this becomes a regular pattern of our lives, then it becomes just part of who we are. And the more we pray, the more deeper our lives get in realizing that God is really with us, that God is always around us, and prayer becomes a way of being, that we begin to walk through life seeing opportunities, things to give praise for, realizing our own shortcomings and things to confess, 
but the blessings that we have, all the many things that God has given us, and even our eyes are open to the needs of others. And we begin to ask God to intercede. See, because I think when we do that, we begin to realize that the greatest thing that you and I can do for each other is that we can pray. See, when we ask folks to intercede, when we ask God to intercede on the behalf of those of us that we know, our friends, our neighbors, troubled people, when we ask God to get involved in their lives, we're asking God to turn the full power of creation to make the mountains crumble and the valleys fill up, to lift them up and put their feet on a solid rock. We're asking those opportunities. And it truly is a gift that we give. A few weeks back, one of the prayer cards that ended up in the communion plate or the collection plate ended up on my desk and it was the sweetest thing. It was a little girl about 11 or 12 years old, I think. And she was asking us to pray for her friend who had lost her grandma. Asking God to comfort her friend who had lost her grandmother. I mean, when an 11 year old gets it that you can actually write a letter and it gets to God and God will reach down and help your friend who is hurting, then friends, what a gift she's given. So who do we need to pray for? When we pray, we ask for God to protect people or ask God to lead us or to guide us, ask God to be involved in their lives so that things might be different than what they are. When we know that we have friends facing difficult times, loss of loved ones, loss of jobs, loss of direction, a brokenness in life that was unexpected. And we ask God to get into the mix, to get into their business, to get into their lives, to bring them healing and wholeness. Then what a gift you and I have given to them. Some years back in one of my churches, we, they started a group called the Prayer Band, which when we first heard about it, a little concerning. I mean, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a cult or what. I mean, it's not often so said, we're starting a prayer band at church. What is that? Well, the person that was starting it explains, says it's a group of people that want to get together and they want to pray for the church on a regular basis. We've decided that we've agreed that we're going to pray at 830 every day. And we're going to pray for our church. We're going to pray for our community. And we've even taken the list of staff members and we sliced it up. And each of us have a couple of staff members for whom we're praying. So every day at 8.30, we're praying for our church. We're praying for our community. We're praying, some of us, for specific people. And that was powerful. But then it hit home. It hit home about two weeks later when I got a handwritten note in my mailbox at church telling me that, that, that this person identified themselves as I'm a part of the prayer band and you're my person. And I just want you to know that I pray for you every day. And so Ann Gilchrist has been praying for me every day for the last 11 or 12 years. Praying for me and what she didn't know when she wrote that note was that about the time she was on her knees praying for me was about the time I walked into the office every day. And I will tell you from a personal standpoint to walk into a list of things to do, a day full of ministry and meetings and opportunities and knowing that as I walked in the door that someone was praying for my well-being, for my family, for my work, for my ministry. I'm going to tell you what, I could take on the world with that. 
But the story doesn't stop there. Even after she decided to step away from the prayer band, she's still praying for me. Still sends me those notes, still sends them to me. I got one from her just a couple of days ago that says, just want you to remember, I'm still praying for you every day. And so as I walk in the doors of the Haven about 8.30 every day, I walk in armed with Ann's prayers. One of the best gifts she could ever give me. See, when we spend time in prayer, praying for others, it changes their lives, but it also changes ours because we're no longer focused on ourselves. We're focused on the world around us and its well-being. So ponder this with me. Close your eyes for a minute. Just close your eyes. Who do you need to pray for this week? How do you need to pray for our church? Where can your prayers be used in our world this week? Who do you know that's facing grief or loss or disappointment? Who is searching for direction? Hold that person in your heart. Hold them in your heart for the next few minutes throughout the rest of our worship service. Just keep them right there. Because my friends, I think when we realize that when we pray that we are bound together, not just here in this room, not just in this congregation, but in the world around us, we're bound together with each other and we're bound to God. And when we pray, and we pray those prayers of adoration, confession, and thanksgiving and supplication, that we are beginning to have that conversation with God that's just like the conversation that we would have with our closest of friends. That when we do that, that we are offering the greatest gift that the world has ever seen. And you know what? Because we prayed, because we prayed, mountains big and small will crumble all away because we prayed. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.